Yo, what is going on, guys? This is FBL Talk Podcast. Hey, I'm your host, Will, and us. Yeah, and we're here to talk about double game week 34, the second double game week of the season. And there's also another one to come in game week 37. But we're also going to talk about game week 35 in this episode. So before we do that, check us out on Twitter at FBL Talk Podcast, FBLTalk.com. Support us on Patreon and PayPal. Check us out on iTunes and SoundCloud. Like, subscribe, rate. So let's get started. What did you think about the previous game week? Yeah, so let's start with Everton against Liverpool. Just a all-around 0-0 draw. No Salah, no goals. Yeah, exactly. Liverpool really needs Salah. And, I mean, we saw that in the Champions League fixture. I mean, Salah started the goal scoring for Liverpool. But, and they beat City. Yeah, I think with the groin injury that he picked up in the first leg against Manchester City, I think it was probably the right decision um, for him to be rested against Everton. And really... Throughout that game, it seemed like Liverpool were really treating it as kind of like a practice game. <laughs> Just because Everton was so horrible. Right, yeah, Everton's not in the best shape. Um, even though Tosin and, and Balazzi did pressure a lot, it seemed like Everton could have won that game. Yeah. Because they had the most pressure. They had, I think, I don't know about possession, but Everton for sure, like so many at so many points in the game, I thought they were going to beat Liverpool. But yeah, nothing else in that game. Uh, I do want to talk about Arsenal beating Southampton barely. It was just like a hilarious match. I was just like watching it and saw Southampton like score first, and I'm like, okay, I see you. Like this could be Southampton's first win, and they score again, and then I'm just like, wow. I mean, this is Southampton. Arsenal should do way better, but yeah, I think... but actually, Charlie Austin he got on the score sheet. Right. Yeah, I was gonna say it's been a while since we saw him score or like do anything, but I think that's the only person from Southampton who could even get any points for scoring. Like Gabbardini is just I. Still don't see him play. Even if he is on the field, I feel like he's not. So we have Aubameyang with his consistent uh, points for FPL. Uh, Arsenal is on a win streak, that's for sure. So we're noticing uh, Aubameyang being pretty consistent for FPL point returns. And Wenger's still trying to do his like crazy formations, whatever, taking out players that shouldn't really be taken out and not fielding players that should play. So, I mean, Aubameyang could have done way more for Arsenal that game, but he, I mean, Wenger for some reason took him out. Mkhitaryan is still injured. No sign that he's going to come back before the end of the season. I think he has a knee injury, so whoever brought him in kind of sucks. He kind of wasted a transfer on Mkhitaryan uh, like yours truly, but probably going to get rid of him real soon because his price is going to tank. What about the other fixtures? Uh, Manchester City versus Manchester United. I thought Manchester City were going to walk away with that game. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's what, really probably like what that. everyone thought, and anything could happen, seriously. I mean, it is Premier League, or it is, I guess... This sport in general, even Champions League, we saw all the Italian teams. Well, I guess Juventus was playing early today. They almost beat Real Madrid. That would have been crazy because Rome would beat Barcelona, which is actually pretty unbelievable because I was expecting Barcelona to play Real Madrid in the Champions League. Not anymore. But yeah, it's it's just been downhill for Man City, uh, <laughs> especially with that first leg against Liverpool and then going through a difficult fixture up, uh, against Manchester United, which you know after going two goals up, they, they lost the lead. And now, you know, with Liverpool, uh, again, uh, in the return leg, winning 2-1 against Man City, it's just three games on the streak. And now they play an informed Tottenham side, and I just sort of wonder if they can seal the, the league there. Right, I mean, that could have been their win to just seal the deal for the rest of the season, you know. And I honestly thought, like, there was no way Manu was going to beat City, but they did. I mean, Pogba was on fire. A lot of people are transferring him in. A lot of people are actually transferring a lot of um, Man United players. And it's actually the right thing to do because of the double game week. And if you want to just hang on to those Man U players because they're, they're still going to play two games 
or later in the season. So what are some good, I guess we can talk about good potential transfers for Manu later on. Yeah. So let's just cover the um, other matches in this game week. Newcastle and Leicester. Yeah, Leicester City were just outplayed by Newcastle. <laughs> it's just you just got owned, motherfucker. Newcastle are just on form right now, and it just seems like uh, you know they're they're just sort of going in the right direction under Rafa Benitez. Yeah, Leicester can't keep a clean sheet for shit. Like they can't. It's like almost impossible. They probably kept one or two clean sheets in the entire season. So. Well, actually, the the last game they kept a clean sheet. That was probably their second clean sheet of the season. So, <laughs> it's actually like I mean, you probably want to yeah, just focus on like the their midfielders or forwards, maybe even Schmeichel. That's a really good option for the upcoming game weeks. But yeah, Vardy Mars. Yeah, but I, I mean, in terms of clean sheets, though, the the catches that you know towards the end of the season, all their fixtures are pretty much against weaker sides. So, you expect. Players like Vardy, Mares. Although I haven't really been impressed with the way they've they played against some of these teams, especially Newcastle. You know, games where they you would kind of expect them to be able to win. Yeah, Leicester seems pretty unorganized. I mean, they I, I don't know what what else they can do other than like Mares and Vardy are their only like I guess source of like power or like goals. And maybe Okazaki now that he's back from his injury. But yeah, Newcastle surprisingly, and I honestly didn't think they could pull it off. And they're keeping clean sheets as well, aren't they? Yeah, they played the their their match in game week thirty was against Southampton. They kept a clean sheet there. They won three nil, which is insane. And they beat Huddersfield one nil last game week. And Leicester two one, unfortunately. How about Burnley beating Watford though? Yeah, I mean Watford are just uh I don't know, it's just they had such a great start to the season, but you know, ever since that they, they just haven't picked up. I mean they only had like three or four game weeks at the beginning of the season, that's it. They've just gone downhill. So I'm more excited about Burnley. I mean, the fact that they beat Watford. I think they were down 1-0. Al Pereira had the goal for Watford, and Burnley just came back. Yeah, I mean, win. they're really pushing for, like, a sixth-place finish against, you know, either Chelsea or Arsenal. Yeah, and they're also on a win streak. That's, I think, three or four games, so... And they have good fixtures coming up as well. Yeah, they're ranked higher than Leicester, higher than Everton, so it's pro- they're probably going to be right after the top six teams. Yeah, I mean, if, if they... if the top six teams drop any more points, like they could seriously push for Europa League next season. Yeah, like Chelsea even. And the fact that Chelsea can't even beat West Ham is kind of really concerning to me. Chelsea has so many good players, but they can't seem to do anything. Hazard, I don't know what happened to him. He kind of disappeared. Yeah, I mean, watching Hazard play now is kind of he kind of reminds me of Modric. Like he's kind of like playing a more like deeper towards midfielder. He's not really getting forward. It seems like Willian's really the guy that's taking all the shots, but he he has like no end product, right? Too. Um, so I think Morata major issue. Yeah, Morata is really useless at Chelsea too. I think I don't know why they brought him in. I guess they just really needed to substitute Costa, but I think they have other options. I mean, maybe I don't know if Hazard can actually play up top, but it could be an option. I'm not telling them how to coach their team, but yeah, Conte is going to be sacked by the end of the season. And Arnautovic just uh, he's he's just been on crazy form. Yeah, I mean, he's a great candidate, like, I guess a cheaper option to bring in. Like, yeah, West Ham doesn't have the best fixtures, but I think Arnautovic per game can probably sneak in a goal here and there, if not assist. You know, Chicharito is kind of in the same option, but I just feel like Arnautovic is way more viable. And we haven't seen anything from Carroll in months. I don't know. I don't even know if he's still playing for the team, but I think he's still injured. Arnautovic is in his place, right? Right, exactly. So, I mean, we haven't even seen Carroll be substituted at all. I haven't seen him on the pitch in a really long time. So that's the only thing that's really holding West Ham together. West Brom, why even bother? But 
hey, they drew last game. Well, they, mean, <laughs> it's not going to change the fact that they're going down. <laughs> yeah, at least they got one point because they haven't gotten a single point in like who knows how long. But yeah, yeah. we all know that West Brown is going to be relegated this season. They're f- way behind, even miles like, behind. Yeah, yeah, the 19th place team. So I just feel really bad for Stoke. I feel really bad for Shakiri. Shakiri had a really nice free kick, just hit the crossbar. That guy's like way too good for Stoke. I don't know. Like I just I hope one of the other like good teams, maybe Everton, pick him up like next season or something. But Everton has a lot of players, so maybe Leicester. Well, I'm pretty sure. Shakiri doesn't want to play in like the relegated tournament, so we'll see. Yeah, speaking of Spurs, uh, what do you think of the uh, the Erickson Harry Kane disallowed goal? Yeah, actually, today was when we found out. Today being Wednesday, uh, we found out that Kane appealed for his goal. I mean, he did actually talk about. I remember seeing something on his Instagram uh, the day of the game. Yeah, he, he swore on he, his daughter's he life. He claimed the goal and like. He said it hit his shoulder or whatever. From the replay, it just seems like it barely scraped his body, but who knows what lengths he had to go to to kind of like just tell them, hey, it touched me, it changed the course of the ball. Anyway, they appealed it, but in terms of FPL rules, nothing's going to change because whatever ruling the English Premier League has after the game, FPL only has one hour to change the decision. And then after that, the points stay the same. The points absolutely cannot change an hour after the game. So, I mean, initially they had Harry Kane as, as like, the goal scorer. Because I, I checked my points and I was like, nice, I had Captain Kane and he got, like, points for a goal. But when the game ended, he only had two points and I was so confused. And it turns out that, yeah, Erickson got the goal. So <laughs> Yeah, I mean, uh, I was looking at Vardy's tweets and he's like, are you kidding me? Kind of rolling the eyes, you know. Are you fucking kidding me? And then Salah as well, he's going like, no, no way or something like that. Like, yeah, I mean, Salah is <laughs> hoping that Kane isn't going to catch up to him, but... Honestly, it might even come down to that one goal appeal that's going to make it or break it for who wins the... Yeah, that would be really controversial yeah. if that happened. Yeah. But uh, I, I guess it's good for us. Well, I mean, people that are going to get Kane going forward because um, it sort of shows that uh, you know he really wants to win the Golden Boot. I mean, I, I was really hoping it was going to count for him. Like I, I was like really relying on points from Kane because I captained him. I didn't get that many points. I barely like made it above average. But I honestly just want either Kane or Salah to win the Golden Boot. I really don't care who at this point. I'll be happy for both of them. I hope they tie. I don't know what they have to do if they both have the same amount of goals. But I have a huge feeling the season is going to end and it's going to be really controversial because of this goal appeal. But hey, it did hit his shoulder. So made contact, went into the goal. I don't know if it's enough to change the course of the ball, though. It seems like it was just going in there. Maybe a few hairs it might have touched. Yeah, we can tell Kane is pretty desperate at this point. Nothing I want to say about Swansea. It just seems like Stoke, Swansea, Watford, West Brom. Maybe not Watford. West Brom, West Ham are just like done for the season. Like there's nothing like in Southampton and like Huddersfield maybe. There's nothing else they can do. I mean, Mounier scored for Huddersfield. I wasn't expecting that to happen at all, but it was kind of lucky. And I mean, Brighton, I kind of feel bad for them because they're doing like really well, but they haven't won in a while. They played Everton, Leicester, and I mean, they tied Huddersfield last game week, so. Keep an eye out for Murray and Gross, though, because they have double game week coming up, and you can make a lot of points off of them. Last but not least, though, Bournemouth and Crystal Palace. What do you think of that? Yeah, just a really good performance from Zaha and Milivojevic, just really being the king of the cheap midfielders. Yeah, it's insane. He just keeps scoring. I mean, he's 100% they're going to have him kick penalties. And Zaha, man, he's just the guy who carries Crystal Palace. Seriously. 
I mean, him and Milvojevic, it's only because Milvojevic is scoring, but I feel like he has a lot of impact in midfield. But Zaha, he's he's the guy who's actually like kind of challenging the other team. Bournemouth, great at coming back every single game. Like They're always losing, and then they somehow either come back and win the game or just tie it. So I wouldn't count on Bournemouth for any like good defenders, but probably Ibe or even Stanislas. Or, or King as well. Uh, just a really fan, uh, fantasy FPL classic from, right. from last season. I mean, season. Yeah, yeah, especially last season. But I, I feel like this season, King has just gotten really lucky. Like, he's they've had him kick, like, PKs, and he's had, like, last-minute goals or whatever, like, easy, like, just happens. Yeah, I feel like he's playing more of a, a different role this season, kind of building more towards midfield as opposed to really playing in the forward line. Right, I think Bournemouth just from the beginning of the season haven't really figured out, like, what to do with their team. I guess a lot of their players can play a lot of positions, but they haven't nailed where the most chemistry comes from. So that brings us to goal of the game week. Yeah, it was kind of tough, but I think I'm just going to have to go with uh, Chris Smalling's just game winner against Man City. Just the impact that that had on Man City's you know form afterwards. Yeah, I noticed that you're, a lot of your like goals of the game week aren't like how the goal was like done. It's like what the impact was. I have a completely different opinion on these goals, but I have like a lot of these goals were kind of like mediocre in the game week, but the ones I've picked are really good and I just don't know which one to pick. And it's the goal that Ayose had and the Zaha goal and the Gundogan goal. The Zaha goal and Gundogan goal are like really similar because they took like one finesse touch and kind of fooled the defender, turned around, and just whacked it into the goal. I mean, Ayose had like a really nice like last minute chip above the keeper because. It was like a defensive mistake on the other end, and he just like capitalized on it. He just like punished them for it. So, I guess because it was like an easy setup for him, I won't go with that. But do you think Zaha deserves goal of the game week? I mean, he had like a what is it called a roulette or the Zidane move, and he just like whacked it into the net. Yeah, I think I think that was an amazing goal as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah I saw the Ayuzi Perez one, but I don't remember what that looked like. Yeah, I mean, he just like honestly just chipped it over the keeper. Like it was, it was a, it was a big cross from from Newcastle's oh, side. Oh yeah, yeah, huge yeah. cross, and he just like receives it really well. The keeper's coming. Out yeah, of the, the box, keeper, right? and he has yeah. no idea what he's doing. And then I was just like boop over the keeper. But yeah, Zaha looked great in that man. Like he had, he's just a good player overall. I'm really considering bringing him in. I always say that, but it's only because I have Milivojevic that I'm not bringing in Zaha because those like PK opportunities are just so useful. So, yeah, do you want to talk about, real quick, uh, kind of the form the teams have been in? In terms of the last four game weeks, we're, we're talking about teams like Arsenal, Burnley, Manchester United, Newcastle, Tottenham. These are probably the Tottenham. You know, the five teams are in the best form right now. In yeah, terms of they games. haven't lost. They've just gotten so many points. And the fact that Burnley and Newcastle are on par with, like, Man U and Tottenham, like, in terms of form... I just, I don't really completely understand it. And then behind them, you have Leicester, Liverpool, Manchester City, I kind of say is kind of questionable because they've been so good this season. Yeah, I mean, they just keep winning and uh, they just need to keep winning to just seal the deal. But a big part of me wants them to keep losing. Yeah. No, I don't want them to have like their easy win in the season and just like end it there. I want it to be like really good till the end. But in terms of the other, if we talk about the other side of the table, well, in terms of the last four game weeks... Chelsea, Crystal Palace, Everton, Bournemouth, and then even West Ham. These are just the most, or the teams that are in the worst form. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Chelsea's doing just as good as West Ham and Everton and like a lot of the bottom table teams. 
And of course, everyone else is just dead at this point. Yeah, there's no point for these teams to really get any discussion because they either they change their shit or it's relegation. All right, so let's take a quick break and uh, we'll be back to talk about our teams. All right, and we're back to talk about how we did and how everyone in the world pretty much did because it was a really low average game week. I think actually it was the lowest game week. Yeah. Surprisingly. Even how good a lot of the fixtures were. Yeah, I can't believe that one game week that had only five um, fixtures or four fixtures got so many points just because of Salah. But yeah, even the max, like the highest points possible was like 102. That's the lowest this season. So yeah, I mean, the only points I got were from Milvojevic and Vardy. I mean, I got to 34 points. I mean, Milvojevic and Vardy are 18, but... I just got like one and two points from all the rest of my players, especially Kane. I was hoping for 12 points or 13 points from him at least for that goal. But the goddamn FPL people, man, ruined my points. So I ended up just being two points above average. Yeah, for me, just mostly twos and ones, probably the same story. Um, just twos and ones across the board. Uh, I captain Aubameyang and I also had Vardy, but total-wise is 36 points, which was still above the average. Um, so I got a uh, small... Green arrow, but uh, yeah, it's green arrow nonetheless, so I'm, I guess I'm kind of happy with that. Didn't really move up in terms of the global rankings. Yeah, I moved down. I've seen nothing but red arrows the last two or three game weeks. But yeah, I was actually scared of your Aubameyang captaincy because I knew you were going to captain him. I knew I was going to captain Kane. Like I wasn't sure if you are going to bring in Kane or not, but yeah, smart move. Yeah, for me, it was just uh, I, I figured I'd, I'd wait at least another week because um, I wasn't quite sure how Harry Kane would, would perform. And yeah, he probably should have scored more more goals against Stoke, but just wasn't meant to be. Um, but yeah, I decided to stick with Aubameyang because I didn't want to take a hit. Um, and I think the mistake this season, or excuse me, that for this game week was was benching Chris Smalling. I really regret that now. It was kind of a hard move to call because they were playing City and I didn't expect United to keep a clean sheet. Yeah, I would have had him instead of your... Um... Leicester defender. I have no idea why I didn't put Smalling instead of him. Well, I figured Leicester would probably be able to keep a clean sheet against Newcastle. Really? Yeah, I mean, because Newcastle, <laughs> the they don't kept... typically score that many goals. Yeah, but I think Newcastle has had more clean sheets than Leicester this season, probably. Well, yeah, yeah. And it is Rafa Benitez at home, so I think that was always going to be difficult. But I just never really favored Manchester United to keep the clean sheet, and I think that was, for me, the driving factor. Yeah, especially and, that Jones is injured. Yeah, and I already have uh, De Gea and Smalling, so I didn't really want to... I, I, I was sure I want, was going to play one of them, but I didn't want to risk playing both of them and then losing on a clean sheet, which kind of backfired on me. But still, I, I, I think I did decent enough to really maintain my position in the global rankings. So. Yeah. I mean, hopefully we can hit at least top 10K by the end of the season. Yeah, it is getting a lot harder to uh, move up at, at the top, though. Seems Things are starting to spread out. Yeah, and any hit you take makes a huge difference in your ranking because four points at this point... I guess, yeah, in the, in the big scheme of things, whatever league you're in, it's not going to make that much of a difference in terms of like what rank in the table that you are, like let's say 20 or 30 or 50 people. But if you're trying to be like among the top, top in the world, four points means like probably almost like 20K spots, just like moving up or down because everyone's like really close and only apart by like one or two points. But anyway, let's talk about the upcoming fixtures. So, Double Game Week 34 has really nice fixtures for, like, the really big teams. 
All right. Uh, I mean, well, Manchester United, first of all, I think have really great fixtures. Some other players are kind of in really good form. Players like Pogba, for example, scoring two goals against Manchester City. Um, Sanchez having two consecutive weeks of double-digit returns. And then Lukaku has kind of been picking away in terms of goals. Hasn't really been scoring too big, but uh, still picking up some really important points there. Yeah, Menu actually only has one bad fixture in the next like five or six games they're playing, probably to the end of the season. And a lot of the United players are just really appealing right now, like Smalling, Pogba, Lingard, Lukaku, Sanchez. The only problem with Sanchez is that he's really expensive, and that's going to be really tough to kind of bring him into your team. But, you know, they play West Brom at home, the worst team in the league against, you know, one of the best. And then after that, they play Bournemouth, which Bournemouth, we all know, they don't really keep clean sheets, uh, kind of similar story to Leicester. So you actually really favor um, Manchester United in, in those two games. Right. And I mean, you'd expect Rodriguez to kind of score like his like one goal every other game that he has. But I don't know if he can do it against Man U, especially De Gea. Like Rodriguez's goals are they're actually really good. Like it's really tough a lot of like keepers to kind of stop Rodriguez's like shots or whatever. But I think with Manu's defense, they're going to probably be some yellow cards, but I think they keep a clean sheet. Arsenal as well, though. They have a lot of good fixtures coming up. They're not playing two games in the double game week, though. So that's going to be kind of like a, a downer for whoever has like multiple Arsenal players because they have to think about who they're going to transfer out for them. Yeah, I think Newcastle will probably set up really defensively against Arsenal. Um, and again, Arsenal, their priority is really the Europa League now because that's really their only chance of qualifying for the Champions League. And of course, players like Aubameyang are still going to get starts in the Premier League. But yeah, for me, I really just favor um, Manchester United and their fixtures. Like if I were to pick a forward, it would probably be Lukaku in this next game week. Uh, Spurs as well, I think also, I mean... I know they play Manchester City, but after that, they, they have a really good fixture. Yeah, and it's a clear run to the end of the season for them. Spurs, they have a really good double game week. Uh, I know they play Manchester City, but it's Manchester City that's lost three games in a row now. Um, so they're going to be kind of down on confidence. Yeah, and Hurricane's going to be thirsty for goals. So, right, right. I mean, we'll see what they can do there. And Spurs are definitely capable of beating them, I think. And um, really, just the way Liverpool played and I think the way Manchester United came back into the game, uh, over the last couple, uh, it just kind of shows how you have to play against Manchester City. Like you have to go on the front front foot, or else you know they're going to take advantage of you. Right, and I think Spurs actually Pochettino is probably going to play like really good defense, but just have his like midfield like push up, which is going to be pretty risky. But we'll see what he does on the day of the game. And after City, they play Brighton, so that's going to be like a way easier game for them. So hopefully Kane and Son even can capitalize on just playing a like lower table team and just scoring like hell i think the other team that's uh, really good this season or for this double the upcoming double game week is, is chelsea um on paper it looks really great i know in terms of form they haven't been performing well but it is southampton again 19th place in the premier league yeah southampton is turning into the new west brom they're just like being shat on by everyone and then after that they play burnley so um, pretty decent fixtures there, although I, I think against Burnley, they're going to have find a, find a, a little bit of a difficult time. Yeah, Burnley's becoming a challenge for a lot of top-table teams. Like Even if they do beat them, I think maybe one of the few teams this season that beat Burnley by like more than one goal was like Spurs, I think. They beat them 3-0, and that was, a, that was probably an anomaly for Burnley because they've, they've always like won or like ended games with only like one goal difference. So yeah, I mean, Chelsea has a lot of the 
good players that can actually like beat these teams and they have like huge potential but the way they've been playing it's like pretty risky so i mean i'd count on maybe like willian hazard moses um alonso for sure because alonso almost had like a really nice goal last game but unfortunately he didn't and didn't even keep a clean sheet so the only other team that i see having really good fixtures upcoming especially this double game week is leicester so i mean like we mentioned earlier mars and vardy there's they have defenders but i mean we're not going to count on them to keep a clean sheet so uh, what do you think you're going to do for this upcoming game week in terms of the transfers? I guess let's talk about the standout fixtures for game week 35 while we're at it because this is going to be like a condensed episode 2-1 and because the double game week is just going to go through Thursday next week and then the game week is going to start two days after that. So game week 35 only has six fixtures, which means a lot of the big teams are missing out, but a lot of the big teams are also playing. So we have West Brown playing Liverpool. Watford against Crystal Palace, Arsenal and West Ham, Stoke, Burnley, Man City against Swansea, and Everton against Newcastle. A lot of the teams that are going to be missing out are going to be Bournemouth, Brighton, Chelsea. You can look this information up. Honestly, I don't just want to be repeating, but I do want to highlight that Game Week 35 has Liverpool, City, and Everton. So if you want to get or try to keep, plan ahead, bring in those players from those teams, even though they don't play in the double game week, It'll be really useful to have some of these players, especially or, from Arsenal too. Or if you have one of your chips to left, the, the free hit available, you can always use that in game week 35. Yeah, I honestly don't know who has a free hit at this point. Do you still have it? Of no course. way, that's insane. Of course. How have you not used it? It's game week 30. Yeah, it's game week 34. Wow. I had planned this. So you have all, all three of your major much, chips yeah. left? Uh, once uh, the game week 34 fixtures were. Um, release. That's pretty much when I decided that I was going to play my wild card before game week 34, or after game week 34, and then play my play my uh, free hit chip in game week 35 when a lot of those teams don't have fixtures. That's crazy. That might actually just give you a huge boost. Yeah, that's what um, I'm hoping for. So if I play it right, uh, it should it should give me a lot of points. Yeah, I mean double game weeks usually you play your bench booster um, or a triple captain. A lot of people I know have already used up all their chips, and that makes no sense to me. Maybe it's their first year playing like FPL. Maybe they were just like really impatient. Yeah, I mean, especially bench boost. I think you wouldn't, you shouldn't use um, until the double game weeks because you know your bench points. There's only four players, but if they play twice, that's that's like 16 points. Exactly. So that's like almost half the points you get for one single game week just from the bench. So, I mean, I'm considering playing my bench boost this game week. I might save it for game week, for double game week 37 because triple captaincy is looking really nice on Harry Kane, and I feel like he's going to just unleash hell on City. Yeah, but it's actually, just risky. what would like, be a really good differential, and it's something that I was considering doing for this game week, was triple captaining Sanchez. I know he hasn't been great in form, but, I mean, he's he's had pretty good returns over the last two games, and he does have the fixtures to really score well over the next two that's so, insanely risky it is insanely risky but if it pulls off you're in for a hell of a, a return yeah because most likely people aren't even going to captain sanchez let alone triple captain yeah, so i mean harry kane's going to be the favorite option this week yeah so. and most likely almost everyone is going to captain kane if not triple captain because it is a double game week but yeah man, man united is playing west brom and they're playing bournemouth so i don't see why not yeah but i i do think that kane's definitely a better option uh, if you're going to triple captain or just captain in general, he's probably going to be the better option because he's going to be looking for those goals. I think at Spurs, he's really the focal point in that team. Whereas I think when you look at Manchester City, the points are kind of spread out 
across. Yeah, all their players their can score. So. And, and Lukaku. Yeah. I mean, the only thing I, I can say about Spurs that might make them play worse is that they're focusing on Kane way too much and kind of they're, they're, they're desperate to have... Well, Kane is desperate to score. I feel like it's going to ruin their style of play a little bit if they're not careful about it too much. So I know Pacino wants Kane to win. I know Kane wants himself to win. I know everyone on that team wants Kane to win the Golden Boots. So maybe that's a bad thing. Maybe a lot of the teams are just going to, you know, just box out Kane and not let him score. And yeah. they might still lose because they have Ali and Son. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how Pep lines up. Because in the first leg against Liverpool, he had set up with four at the back. Uh, and then in the second leg, they obviously went with a really attacking formation with three at the back. But I think that's really going to be kind of their Achilles heel for Man City is that like, I believe I can... they're not really strong. Achilles heel? <laughs> Did I say Achilles? Is it full of piss? Achilles heel just Achilles, Achilles heel. Yo, your mom just needs to put you in like a, a what? So the Achilles story, the reason why he got Achilles heel is because his mom put him in like this bath. And she forgot to put that one like part of his heel. That's why that was his weakness. So with R. Kelly, it's just piss. That's disgusting. <laughs> that's gross, man. But anyways, I think that's going to be the Achilles heel <laughs> for Manchester City because they're not they're not strong defensively, right? So as long as Spurs can win the ball back, I think they have a, a great chance of, of scoring against Man City. Yeah, so I mean, at this point, as always, based on all these fixtures that we've talked about, what are the transfers or potential transfers that you're thinking of making? I've already decided that I was going to play my free hit in Game Week 35. I'm pretty much set up for Game Week 34. I pretty much have all the players that I want. But for me, I think I'm going to have to get figure out a way to get Kane. I, I do have two transfers prepared for that. So it's just a matter of me dropping someone like Son, Willian, possibly even Salah, which I think is kind of a risk maybe even Alonso as well, uh, to really free up the points to upgrade Obama Young to Harry Kane. And here you are with like three chips stacked, not even used, two free transfers. And here I am with taking negative eight last week. I'm going to 100% take negative four this week because I need to bring in certain players. Um, I might bring in Smalling. I don't know if I can, but for sure I need Vardy just because, I mean, they have like two good fixtures and it's a double game week. And I need to get McTarrion out. So, yeah, I'm kind of jealous because <laughs> here, here I am taking, like, negative 12 points in the last two game weeks, and you have, like, no negative points at all. I'm, I, and you did better than me in the game week. I'm actually going to also be playing my bench boost this game week, be, being that it's a double game week. I, I think uh, looking forward to even game week 37, uh, Harry Kane's going to have great fixtures there as well, so that's probably where I'm going to sp- spend my triple captaincy. Yeah, I just uh, really set up nicely. The only problem that I do have is uh, having Stevens in my team from Southampton. Yeah, he's that's going to be tough. Yeah, he got a, unfortunately, tanking. he got a red card, so he's not going to be available until the next, I think, after the next two weeks. So I might swap him out just for the sake of it because I'm going to be taking a minus four with him being out anyways. <laughs> so might as well have someone that can that can kind of get me points anyways. Yeah, I was thinking about even swapping Fabianski with Schmeichel because Fabianski only has one game, and Schmeichel has two, you know? But I also think that, okay, yeah, Leicester can't keep a clean sheet, so what's the point of bringing Schmeichel in and taking, like, a negative eight? I actually point? think Schmeichel is probably a pretty decent pick because he's going to pick up save points, and he's a he's a great goalie. He is. I mean, let's say, like, for the two game for the two games he plays in that game week, maybe he'll have, like, six to eight points max if they don't keep a clean sheet, which is really good, but... I'd have to take another negative four for that, so I don't know if I'm prepared 
to take a negative eight yeah, total this I week mean, again. Usually, I, I would only take a negative four for like outfield players because they tend to be more exciting. Like, I'm just stuck with Fabian's goalies in general. I just don't like transferring out because yeah, they're, wish, they're boring. You know? I wish I had De Gea, but if you didn't have De Gea by like the new year, then it's kind of pretty late to bring him in, even with your like wild card. Well, I brought him in with my wild card. Yeah, so I mean, if you but didn't, I lost, like, the, I did. That, I, I did lose a lot of team value because I made that move. Yeah, like just not picking the right keepers at the beginning of the season can really like take a toll on your team. So. Captaincy, we already decided who we're going to captain, right? I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm pretty, pretty sure you're going to captain Kane. Pretty confident I'm going to captain Kane as well. Yeah, uh, There's really no other option for me. Uh, I would captain Salah, but he only has that one game week. Right, if, if Liverpool hurt. had two yeah. games. Yeah. So, I mean, he could he could definitely post up, you know, <laughs> three uh, hat trick or four goals or something crazy like that. But I think with the upcoming Champions League coming up and the recent injury scare, I think, you know, Klopp might play a little conservative, especially if they go like two, three, nothing in in the first half or something. Like you could captain De Gea. Like yeah. Triple captain De Gea. That's I think actually, that would be, yeah, insane. I actually think, uh, defensively, I think that might be a good option as well. If you triple captain a defender. Yeah. Defender or keeper. Let's say they all get like what, six, seven points for clean sheets. And if they're doing really well, they get bonus points. That's eight. So triple captaining them. I mean, that's still not that many points, I guess. It's always better to captain someone you know who's going to score like a fucking hat trick. Any other potential transfers? Any remote ones you might even try to bring in? I might actually go for someone like Jesse Lingard. If I'm going to downgrade my midfield, I think he'd be a great option. And he's really cheap, and he gets a lot of playtime. Yeah. Rashford doesn't. And because... with the World Cup coming up, you know he's definitely going to be vying for that World Squad. So um, yeah, I, I think you know he we are, he's already shown this season that he can score consistently. And I, I feel like he, he really has his position kind of solidified in that Manchester United team. What about clean sheets? We haven't talked about that. Yeah, I mean, Manchester United for me are pretty much the best option. I, I think even someone like Valencia in defense would... He, he gets uh, attacking returns from time to time, so I think he'd make a great pick. Yeah, I'm hoping Chelsea can keep a clean sheet against Southampton. I mean, it is Southampton. Charlie Austin scored last game. Maybe he can do it again this game, but I highly doubt it. A big part of me wants to say that Everton is going to keep a clean sheet against Swansea and Liverpool. Scratch that. Liverpool's not going to keep a clean sheet against Bournemouth. I feel like Liverpool, they can. They can totally do it. But I just don't trust Liverpool or Man City defense. They get too comfortable and that they let one in like from like a cross or whatever. But yeah, I do think Spurs are going to keep a clean sheet against Brighton. Even though I want, I guess, Gross and Murray to get points. Any other clean sheets you have? For a double game week? No, I think that, I, I think we nailed it pretty well. Yeah, I mean, other than Chelsea, Man U, and maybe Leicester, I don't see other, I don't see any other clean sheets that game week. What about game week thirty-five? I'd have to say Liverpool versus West Brom would probably be a good pick. Yeah, I mean, even though Liverpool is kind of sketchy with their defense, it is West Brom. I think the City and Swansea game. I mean, you would expect City to keep a clean sheet there, but at the same time, you know, if if they have the league wrapped up by then. Uh, and they win against Spurs in game week 34, then you might see a lot of rotation uh, in their in their team, kind of playing their fringe players, giving some of their main players a rest, especially ahead of the World Cup season. I think, you know, we'll start to see that happening. And, I mean, Everton's going to be playing Newcastle game week 35, so that's the only other clean sheet I see. I mean, the way Everton's been playing, but also Newcastle. I hate saying, okay, this team's going to get a clean sheet, but, but because of this, they might not. Yeah! 
I mean, that's what you have to do in FPL. You just got to take a leap of faith. So we're going to take another break, and we're going to talk about the league. Okay, so we're back, and we're going to real quick talk about the league. Who won, who's where, who's doing what, and who's not. Probably the bottom half of the table is not. So, Manolo Franklin, congrats on winning the game week. It was really tough for the entire world, but somehow this guy managed to get 54 points. I think this is the second time he wins a game week. He hasn't won game week since game week two, actually. And this is when we were like started getting really excited about him and El Zombie 99 because they were just doing like unbelievable like magic shit. But they dropped really low, like to the bottom half of the table. And I think he is, what, that puts him at, yeah, 10th place now. El Zombie 99 is 9th place. Got it. Okay, so who got second place and third place? Sky Blues with 43 points and Legendary with 41. I just hate it when these ghost teams just keep getting like ranked really high every game week. I mean, it's not really helping them because Legendary is like 20th place. So right now, the new top threes, Wijnaldum Leviosa, still in first place. You went to second, pushed me down to third. And Stully United is still fourth. Greg United after him. And Spartans, Clop for the Cop. IDFC, Elzama 99, Manola Franklin. Those are the top 10. That's the top half of the table. The bottom half, I don't even know if I want to discuss anymore because there's no real movement there. They're all kind of hovering around the same amount of points. But yeah, we do want to announce the prize for first place at the end of the season. We haven't decided what second place or third place is going to get. And we haven't decided... Actually, I don't even know if we had prizes for second or third place. But we had prizes for, I guess, the most game week winners and just a random prize we're going to decide that finalize that later on the season but first place is going to be a jersey from the premier league of your choice of your choice (laughs) west west brom jersey right or southampton stoke i mean yeah if you really if you win first place and that's your team then you can do whatever you want i mean i don't know i don't know we just like a Nice Huddersfield jersey or like a Brighton. You're just going for all these non-mainstream teams. I mean, that's like pretty interesting. But yeah, so anyway, that's that's going to be the prize for first place. Uh, we just wanted to throw it out there. We were thinking about making it customized, but I think that's just way too much. And by the end of the season, it's going to be really hard to get custom jerseys, I think, because just finding jerseys in like May or April is just hard because a lot of the jerseys sell out. So hopefully, if you win first place, we'll get you your jersey and... uh yeah, we'll talk about it more when the season ends. What about the Dream Team? Let's talk about that. Yeah, so Pickford in goal. Clean sheet against Liverpool. And then in defense, we have Azbequalta, Cedric, and... I swear you cannot say this guy's name. Wait, what? what did for I the say life of you. Azbequalta. Azpilicueta. We had a Az- whole episode just Az- trying to... Azpilicueta. Hey, that's perfect. So who else, who else is on the Dream Team? Cedric and Lovren. And we got Eriksson, Pogba, Cork... Surprisingly, Milivojevic and Sanchez in midfield. And forward, we have Welbeck and Perez. So, really odd combination, except for midfield. And I don't know how Azpilicueta keeps scoring. I don't know. I think he scored more than Alonso at this point in the season, right? So, he just had an easy finish. I mean, he was, like, in the right spot at the right time. And Murata just, instead of scoring, he passed it to Azpilicueta and he just, like, kicked into the goal. But yeah, Welbeck surprisingly did really well for Arsenal. I mean, he also got like pretty lucky. But Pogba, just keep an eye out for him. Cork, I wouldn't worry about so much. Milvojevic, Sanchez, 
those are going to be your three from the dream team you want to try to get in to your teams. Pickford, I wouldn't even – it's just going to be really tough. Everton is kind of struggling on defense. So, And really at this point, you know, they – they have they're avoiding relegation this season. So, you know, they really don't have anything to play for. So yeah, let's talk about crazy predictions. Yeah, almost forgot about that. Uh I can't think of one <laughs> right now, but Milvojevic hat trick. That's not even realistic. I that, mean that he barely crazy. scores one goal per game. I mean, maybe Zaha would get a hat trick, but not not Milvojevic. For me, I'd have to go with Shakiri scoring from a corner kick. That'd be pretty crazy. Yeah, that'd actually be pretty crazy. Actually, he, he actually got really it. close uh, one one game. Yeah, I mean, even though it's like, well, I guess it's not. It's still not that possible. But scoring off a corner kick for any player in any game, any league, is pretty crazy. So, all right. Well, that's it for this episode. So, hopefully, we covered everything. Um, I mean, we really don't have much because we're not gonna have an episode released next week. So. Not till pre-game week 36. So check us out on Twitter at FBL Talk Podcast. Check out our website at FBLTalk.com. I'm not going to say join the league at this point because it's really late. And what are you doing if you haven't joined the league for FBL in game week 35? Check us out on iTunes and SoundCloud. Give us a like, subscribe, rate, review. Support us on Patreon and PayPal. And till next time. <laughs>